it is a, a pleasure to be with you. And I, um, I would say in the two and a half months that we have been with you that there is something unique about New City. I don't know if you know that being in the midst of what God is doing here, but it is unique. It is something that uh, does not happen in a lot of places in the way that God is moving and the way that he is working, not only in your leadership, but also just in each of you and how he uses you uh, just daily in this community and in the places that he has put you. Um, again, I'll show you my family here. This, this was our church planning promotional photo, so our love for Casey is pouring forth in this photo, right? And uh, so my son Graham is over here on the left, and then my son Owen is on the right. Uh, Graham loves anything sports, so I mean, he, rem- he remembers these little things that are running across the ticker on the bottom of ESPN, and we're like, yeah, sure, buddy. That's, that's exactly right, sure. And then uh, Owen on the right is, uh, has bright red hair, and a bright red personality to go with it. And so uh, he is a little firecracker and keeps us on our toes. And then my beautiful wife. um, And I remember the exact thing she was wearing when she walked in the room. Now, it took her a little longer to remember what I was wearing, but it came around, right? And uh, I set the hook, if you will. And so uh, we've been married for 12 years, and uh, we lived in Fort Smith, Arkansas for the majority of that, actually all of that, And then we felt God calling us to Kansas City. And so about two and a half months ago, we moved up and started our residency here at New City. And so it has been a journey so far. And I I would love to tell you more of that story sometime of just what God did. Confirmations through multiple people, through his word, as Charlie said, through prayer. And just God moving in a way that only God can do. And so um, he has plucked us out of Arkansas and brought us to Kansas City. For something. We're not sure what yet, but we're just waiting to see what it is. A couple months ago in my prayer journal, I wrote or I drew this picture of this path going over a hill and there's stepping stones on it. And I feel like as we step to one stone, we get to see the next. And so we're just continuing to step where he's asking us to step and go where he's asking us to go. And so that's kind of our story and where we're, where we're headed. So this morning I have the opportunity to uh, conclude our, our series, Spooky Spirituality. And we're talking about those spooky statements that Jesus makes at the end of his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. Now, as speakers and as, uh, as pastors and speakers, and maybe you're a presenter in your workplace, you may present something, and then at the end of that presentation, you have this, this hook, if you will, that kind of brings back all the information that you've just shared into kind of an action step. And that's what Jesus is doing here in the scripture that we're going to look at today. He is driving home the point of what he has said. And he's moving the people to move, to action. Now, Jesus was a pretty good speaker, right? Like like he kind of knew what he was doing, right? Like he was top notch. And here, his closing statement that he gives is clear, it's precise, it's understandable, And it's something that these people would have seen or experienced in some way or another. They would have known exactly what he is talking about. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 7 to begin here. And we're going to be in verse 24. If you have your Bible, awesome. If you don't, you can use your electronic device or it's going to be right up here on the screen. Okay. And so here we go. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and it says this. 
It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who has built his house in the sand. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Now there in your bulletin, you have a place for some similarities, okay? So there's a couple similarities between these two houses that he's talking about. The same storms and the same winds are beating against those houses. Now with the same storm hitting these houses, we can assume that they are somewhat in the same proximity of one another. And so if they're in the same proximity, they're more than likely built in a similar manner, except for one thing the foundation, and what they're built upon. Now, Jesus doesn't spend a lot of time on the similarities, right? I don't think he wants us to spend a lot of time on the similarities, but he wants us to look at is the difference. The difference in the foundation of what these homes are built on. So one man builds his house on a rock, okay? And he is equated to a wise man. Another one builds his house on the sand, And he is equated to a foolish man. Now, I'd hope this morning that you would desire to be wise men, right? Or wise women here today. Would you agree? You desire to be wise? Two of you. Excellent. (laughs) Right? So we desire to be wise men and women. But look what it says. So how do we do that? How do we be wise? Well, look what it says in verse 24. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. Here's these words of mine. Now, what words is he talking about? Well, he's talking about, again, everything that he has just shared, right? Everything that he has just shared in this Sermon on the Mount. Now, as Pastor Matt talked about last week, this Sermon on the Mount is a recap, right? And kind of a sharpening of the Torah, the Old Testament scriptures. And so now Jesus has recapped those and is saying now, take these words to heart and do them. And do them. And you will be like a wise man. Now, if we cut away the fat of this conversation, look, it comes down pretty simple. Hear my word. Do it. You're wise. Hear my word. Don't do it. You're foolish. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch. Now, James writes about that in James 1, 22. And it's going to be up on the screen. And it says this. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, thus deceiving yourselves. So if we are only hearing God's word and not doing anything with it, we are ultimately lying to ourselves. We are deceiving ourselves. Now, we're going to be moving around a lot in Scripture this morning, but we're going to be over in 1 John chapter 2 for a minute. Okay? So 1 John chapter 2. And here, a fellow by the name of John is writing this letter, almost a little bit of a postcard even, to these churches that are around the area. And in this letter, he writes this in chapter 2. He says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. 
But if anyone does sin, we will have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation. Now, we're going to stop there because that's like an ACT word, right? Propitiation, the sacrifice, the substitute for our sins. So let's look at it again. He is the substitute for our sins, and not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commands. And whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. Now, where is John getting this information? As he's writing this letter, where did he get this information? He gets it from the feet of Jesus. Because this John is the same disciple, John. And so if you flip back to the Gospel of John in chapter 14, you'll see that Jesus says this. And we talked about it last week. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So he takes Jesus' word, which doesn't change, and then writes this to now churches that he's ministering to. But look here in verse 21, Jesus says again, Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest or show myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. And whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds a lot like Matthew 7 and what he's saying there. Hear my words, do it. You're a wise man. Now, ultimately, what he's saying here is very simple. Lots of people will hear Christ's teachings. A lot of people will hear God's word. But those that are obedient, those who love him, those who are wise, will be the ones who will do God's word. They will put it into action. Now, here's the thing. The storms will come up against our foundation. They'll come up against our house. Notice I didn't say if, but when. Storms will come in our lives. And they'll come up against our house. And, but he says here in Matthew 7 that the storms are going to be what reveals how the foundation is built and what it's built upon. The storm will reveal that. Now, a major storm in my life that sticks out as I was kind of thinking through, what is a major storm? Now, there's major storms and there's minor storms, right? So he says wind and waves. Now, if we think about what waves do and what wind do, they can both be mighty, but they can also be small. So a major wave in our life, a major storm in our life was when our oldest son, Graham, was born. And we had spent most of the day in the hospital waiting on him to come. And he was taking his merry time. And his heart rate dropped. But then came back up. But then it dropped again. And the doctor came in and said, we've got to get your son out. 
And so here we go from this room where we're like, this is the room that we're going to hold our son and get to see him for the first time, right? This is the place. To now we're in an operating room and having a C-section. And so they got Graham out and he's not crying, you know. And first time parents were thinking, well, that's just, that's just normal. That's, you know, that's the thing. And so they take him over and they're bulbing his, his throat and getting him, you know, cleaned up a little bit. And then they say, Mr. Peoples, you need to go with this nurse. And I'm like, but my wife's here, you know, like, what do I do? And she says, no, you need to go. And so take him down and we take him to the neonatal ICU. Again, first time parent thinking this is just what we do, right? So we walk him down there and set him down there, cleaning him up. I'm taking all these pictures. It's great. And then she, the, the nurse says, you can go back and check on your wife. She's out of She's out of surgery. And so I leave Graham for a little bit and go back and uh, go back and check on Abby. And, you know, she's loopy from the drugs and in and out. (laughs) And uh, so we're kind of having a conversation. So then I go and talk to family and, you know, let them know what's going on and then go back to the ICU. And I walk in and see that Graham is hooked up to all these tubes and has all these cords and all these different things on him. And I'm like, I don't know that that's normal. Right? The doctor comes over and he informs us that Graham has a small hole in his lung and that they'll need to keep him for a couple days. And I walk back to the room and, and Abby is out cold. All the family is gone. <laughs> and I just walk in the bathroom and just start crying. Just start crying. Storm is rocking my house, is rocking my foundation. But then the Holy Spirit came over me and just scripture started to run through my mind. I will never leave you nor forsake you. (laughs) I know the plans that I have for you. Right? Different scripture. And that foundation was being rocked, but it was not being moved. Right? The awesome thing that comes out of that story is what God did with Graham. They said he'd be there a week, and in 48 hours, God heals his lung, right? But the foundation was being rocked. Now, again, that's a pretty big wave, right? That's a pretty big wave coming up against the house. But there may be those small daily storms and those small daily waves that are rocking up against our foundation. But we have a foundation that won't be moved, right? Right? Now, one of the values here at New City that I love is this. It's truth, right? Truth. The Bible is our source for truth. It guides our decisions, instructs our behavior, and reveals to us who God is and how much He loves us. Amen? Amen. That that should get a hearty, like, amen, right? Like a... Good old Southern Baptist, amen. Because I'll tell you, there are not many churches, even in this city and in this state and in this nation, that would say that this is the truth. That this is God's full word and that we are going to accept and live by all of it. But New City has said this will be the foundation that we build everything upon. Now, here's the thing. When this becomes our foundation, it also becomes a filter. And it filters then everything that comes into my life. It's filtered through here. It's filtered through 
God's word. So what should I take in? The things that have been filtered out by his word, right? But also it becomes a filter for everything that I say and everything that I do and everything in the way I react to people. It comes through this filter of God's word and what he's directing me to do. It becomes the foundation, (laughs) the foundation that we lay our framework on and a foundation that won't be, again, moved. Now, in the book of Luke, Luke talks about this idea in chapter 6. Got to jump over there real quick. And this is a different teaching. Jesus is teaching this different group of people than the Sermon on the Mount. But again, what, God was, or what Jesus was teaching doesn't change. And so you see some of the same things. You see the Beatitudes. You see loving your enemies. You see Jesus talking about a tree and his fruit that we talked about two weeks ago, right? And you see Jesus also talking about the idea of building this house on a rock. Now I'm going to warn you and prepare you to get punched a little bit in the stomach by what's, what's about to come your way. But I didn't write it, okay? <laughs> but look what it says. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Right? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? But look what it says. It says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose and the streams broke against that house, it could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and de- excuse me, who hears my word and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the streams broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Luke gets this idea of not only this being our foundation, but digging deep into this foundation. About a year ago at the church that I served at before coming here, we sold some property across the street that we owned to a group of dentists who wanted to build a dentist office. And as they did the preliminary construction, they came around and did soil samples. Well, they found that 80% of that dirt on that property was fill dirt. In other words, dirt you can't build on. And so as they did more research, they found that when we built our building, we took all of our dirt over there and filled in a pond. What an ideal place to build a dentist office in the middle of a pond. But what, what happened next was amazing. So what they did is they brought in all this equipment and they hauled out 75 dump truck loads of dirt over the next two months. Now I did some nerd math for you. That's 2,310,000 pounds of dirt. That's 1,155 tons of dirt. That is equivalent to 165 average size elephants. Or three Boeing 737 airplanes. That's a lot of dirt. And they pulled all of that out. And then you looked at the property and you're like, they're ready to go. They're ready to build. But then they brought in another piece of equipment. And it was this huge drill. And they used this drill and they dug down into the earth. And you'd see about every two days, a line of concrete trucks would back up to that drill. And they would fill it with concrete. They'd shove rebar down in it and fill it with concrete. Why? Because they're getting to the bedrock. (laughs) They're getting deep. And then they laid their slab on top of that. 
That's what God's asking us to do. That's what Jesus is asking to do. That's what Luke is saying here. Look, go to the bedrock of God's word. Deep into God's word. So that your foundation is secure. So your foundation is strong. So that your foundation won't be rocked. It's very different to be a doer than to be a hearer. Hearers, you'll see, you'll hear them say things like this. Well, I hear what you're saying, right? Like, I hear it. I hear what you're saying about what I should do with my marriage. I hear what you're saying to me in discipleship. I hear what you're saying. But I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it, right? Because that would be a little bit intrusive into our lives. That would bring change into our lives, But the change strengthens the foundation. The change strengthens the foundation. One of Satan's greatest deceptions is to have us settle in. Just to settle in. Say everything's good. Everything's good. This morning, my desire for us would be that we be wise. Right? we begin to work on our foundations, that we begin to build and strengthen our foundations in the word of God. And the things that he's asking us to do, we allow him to do. If the Holy Spirit is convicting us of something in our lives that we maybe need to change, that we allow his Holy Spirit to do so. That we give what he's asking us to give. That we steward what he's asking us to steward. We serve in the way that he's asking us to serve. Not for some moral excellence that we get a blue ribbon and a gold star, but that we are being obedient to our Lord. And we're doing what he's asking us to do, right? In John 8, 31, it says this. It says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple. If you abide in my word, you are my disciple. Now, what makes this a spooky statement, Matthew 7? Here's what I think makes it a spooky statement. If you're sitting there today and you're hearing this, but you know you're not going to do anything with it. Right? That you're hearing this, that the Lord desires you to be digging deep into his word, but you're not going to do anything with it. Now, here's the thing. Again, my desire is that we be, we be doers right? Not just hearers, but we be doers. And I think there's many of you in here this morning that desire to be doers, right? And so as we close, I have two questions for you, okay? The first one is this. How are you hearing from God? Are you looking into his word, right? We dig deep. We dig deep. Now, in Several years of ministry, I have found this, that if you have not been reading God's word and then you come up and you say, well, in the next three months, I'm going to read the whole Bible, right? That's like saying, I've been laying on the couch eating a bag of potato chips and tomorrow I'm going to go run a marathon. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But I would encourage you that if you... If Sunday mornings is the time that you abide in God's word and that's the extent of it, then I would encourage you this week to set a goal of one morning. Just go for one. 
Go back to this Sermon on the Mount. Chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew and, and go through that and see what the Lord shows you just in that simple little three chapters. We have a new month coming up, right? November? Go to the Psalms and match that with the date. So November 1st, you're going to read Psalm 1. Right? Move through God's Word. But begin feeding on God's Word. Begin adding to your foundation. Start somewhere. The second question is this. What are the things that you are hearing but not doing anything about? What are the things you're doing? Or, excuse me, hearing but not doing. Now, as I said at the beginning, Jesus had this this hook, right, that brought everything he had just said back to the people to move them to action. But I think that's a great way for us just to end today is this. Those who hear my word and do them are like a wise man who builds our house on the rock. Let's be wise today, right? Let's be doers. <laughs> Let's get to building, all right? Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for your word, Father. And Lord, I pray that we can see the truths of what you have for us. And Father, I, allow, I pray that we allow your word to stir in us. Lord, that we allow your Holy Spirit to stir in us and to move in us this week. Lord, I pray that you will provide us time this week to dive into your word. And Lord, I pray that we will take the truths of what you give us and Lord, begin to build that as our foundation. Lord, move us to action. Lord, let us be a church that moves to action. Let us be a people that are doers and hearers of your word, Father. And Lord, we'll see you move in awesome ways. Because through that, we, we show you obedience and you show us love. So we thank you so much and we praise you. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.